What the fuck just that happened? Was creepy as shit. <laughs> the front door of Clinton's house just opened on its own. That was so creepy. I don't want to close it. Not it. It's Clinton's house. <laughs> we have a guest today. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. That was not cool. Welcome to Murder Bunch. We are the Murder Brunch Bunch. I'm Joe. I'm Rachel. I'm Clinton. This is the podcast that brings you two stories of mayhem and murder and discusses where a killer lies on Dr. Michael Stone's scale of evil. Perfection. The tequila is clearly helping. Yeah, I did that all with a drink in my hand. Well so. And just because we haven't said it in a while and I want to get it recorded, uh, you can find Dr. Stone's books on Amazon. Um, he has two out there, The Anatomy of Evil, which is where we use the scale, and A New Evil, which is his second book. So go get them, because they're great. Rachel is currently eating a giant eclair, <laughs> and you have chocolate all over your teeth. And so <laughs> watching you speak into the microphone is just amazing for me. <laughs> I'm glad I could give you that experience. And I would like to point out, any cocktail with whipped cream on top is a delight when you have a beard. <laughs> Makes food on easy. So today... We're having a real disgusting brunch. <laughs> nah, no, it was a great brunch. Uh, but today, so Clinton went the healthy route for brunch, and he did a lot of savoring things, like the... What are these? Um, eggs... What are the cheesy egg frittatas. We have... So we have got those. We've got... I guess you can call... It's savory, if not healthy, uh, but a cheese-stuffed meatball. We did a plate of roasted veggies. We've got some butternut squash with some paprika, cumin, and coriander, and then some squash and zucchini with garlic, onion, and Italian seasoning, and, and some sautéed mushrooms. And oh, and the delicious cheese and prosciutto stuffed peppers that Rachel discovered what happens when you put an entire one in your mouth. Oh, and you also have the Greek yogurt with fresh fruit. Greek yogurt, fresh fruit, so and honeycomb. All a very savory, keto-friendly even brunch, and then I roll up with three cannolis and two eclairs. And my cocktail today features ice cream and strawberry syrup. So, so. <laughs> we sabotaged Clinton. I ain't mad about it. Me neither. It's all right. Like I said, this is my practice round. We have to get summer body ready. Mm. I'm more Cthulhu body ready. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of tentacles. <laughs> Gaping maw. <laughs> I've had a lot of tequila in the last week. Yes, you have. I see you're you allowed. Keep, you keep making that devil's margarita. You really like it. It's so good. I'm glad you like it. It is good. This is good too. You, you know, you're starting off I'm season trying. two with a bang. I'm trying. Yeah. After iron brew and <laughs> caparinas, I think uh, I'm giving it a go. Every drink that we've had so far, I mean, it's only this is our fourth yeah. episode, but every drink, it's like I want more of this. Are we ready? Should we get into it? All right, so before we start yeah. our stories, I just want to give a quick shout out to our very first patron on Patreon, Miss Darsha. We love you. Darsha! So we really appreciate that. If you would like to be a patron and provide us with the means to continue to eat till our fill, <laughs> you can find us at patreon.com slash murderbrunch. All right, and so now let's begin. All right. So, my story today is a fairly modern one. This happened within the last few years. We begin in January 2014. Ooh. Yeah, very, very recent. January 2014, Jesse Haney and his siblings 
go to a Miss Susan Monica's farm to check on their dad. They haven't heard from their dad in two months. Robert Haney had been working for Susan since 2013. He found her through Craigslist and was a general handyman for her 20-acre farm. I'm sorry, red flag. Yeah. So Robert Haney has gone missing, basically. They haven't heard from him in two months. He's working on this 20-acre farm for Susan Monica. That Uh, he found on Craigslist. Correct. The farm had pigs, chickens, and Susan ran a wrought iron gate business called White Queen Construction. Hmm. So, like, gates and fences and stuff like that. Robert liked living out in the quiet and would do basically anything that was asked for him. So not just handyman, but he was like, he built stuff for her. He did all kinds. Of, I mean, he lived on her property. He lived in a little trailer and he, he did everything around the area. Probably took care of the animals and stuff too. So when Jesse, his son, checked in with Susan, she said she hadn't seen or heard from him in four months. So she said that he just walked off the job and she asked the kids to get his stuff. Go get his stuff out of his trailer. Uh, what? <laughs> Susan is a tad fishy at this point. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, unless someone's like, I'm walking off the job and you see them walk away. <laughs> How do you just assume that? Yeah, Especially if all their stuff is still there. Yeah. So when Jesse, it's a good point. You mentioned that when Jesse goes to the trailer to find out his dad's stuff, he sees his leather jacket, all of his tools, which was his livelihood, and his dog is still running around what? the property. Yeah. <clears throat> so Jesse immediately is like, something's not right here. Good, Jesse. So Jesse files a missing person report. Cops go see Susan. And she says to the cops, not to Jesse, she says to the cops that Robert worked for her for six months. And then he received a call from a family member saying that this family member had been sexually assaulted. And she was really upset about it. And so Robert left her property, left the job to go help that family member. Uh I don't like this woman. Nope. And you won't like her much in a few minutes either. In December 2013, though, Robert's EBT card was used at a Walmart and video footage showed Susan using it. So So this is obviously after Susan said that he had been missing and she's using his money. Uh, So they issue a search warrant for Susan's place. Susan's place is just, it's a complete mess. It's squalor. There's food everywhere. There's trash. There's decay. It's like a hoarder's farm. It's disgusting. It's really disgusting. They they said it smelled terrible, like even for a farm. So who knows? Like, and then they found the human leg. (laughs) If it's in a pot, I'm going to (laughs) be. It was not in a pot. It was actually in what's called a catchment pond. I don't know what that is. I should have looked at what those are. Not maybe, familiar. Maybe those catch waste or something from. Or maybe it's just some kind of like retention pond. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe some kind of retention. I'm not sure, but that's where they found it. Quote: It was clear that it was not an animal bone. It appeared to me to be a human leg that had been severed mid femur down to the toes. Said the detective. Mid femur. Yeah. <clears throat> Susan told them. Her, her now true story. So remember, okay. that means that she's had at least like three different versions yes. of this story. So throw up some air quotes while you're at yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. So are you looking up what a catchment pond is? I am looking up what a catchment pond is. It's apparently some kind of rainwater. Okay, that uh, kind of makes sense. Retention pond kind of thing. Sure. So she tells the cops that she came upon Robert when he was being attacked by the pigs. So, like, he had fallen into the pig pen, and the pigs were just going at him. And one of the pigs grabbed a saw, and they're like, hey, we need to cut this femur in half. (laughs) His, uh, quote, guts were all over the place. So, to her, they were eating him alive, and she shot him as a mercy killing. 
So. Yes. So let's assume mm. that story is true. Okay. Okay. Let's so assume just, that. Let's 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 say it's that kind is of what happened. What murder brunch is all about? But, right. Okay. But so uh, <laughs> so she hires a man off of Craigslist. He moves in, and then after a few months, pigs are eating him alive, and she shoots him. Yeah. Then his son shows up, and she tells the son that this man had just wandered off the job. Then when the cops show up, she says, oh, no, this man had a family member that was sexually assaulted, and he went to look into it. Mm-hmm. And now she said, okay. Yeah, thank you for the recap. <laughs> um, no, and she even said that She's like, how was I supposed to call his family members and say, by the way, your dad got eaten by pigs? And I'm like, well, you, you s- do it just like that. Yeah, you start there. <laughs> yeah. You see maybe, where that goes. Maybe with a little, I'm sorry, beforehand or something Actually, like that. Actually, you don't. But... What you do is you call the police and say, my handyman was yes. just eaten by my pigs. Can you please somebody, send somebody out here? Well, okay. So here's the quote from Susan. I put him out of his memory. She said this. Misery. Memory. I put him <laughs> out, out of my of memory. <laughs> yeah, there's a little I don't crazy. even remember him. <laughs> the pigs only know. <laughs> These were in audio confessions. I do that for my animals, and this was the first time I did it for a human being. And I knew it was wrong, but if, there, if it were one of my pigs suffering out there, I would have done the same thing. She said she didn't tell the cops because she was afraid they'd kill her pigs. Yeah. So she valued the pigs over this poor man. Also, do your pigs get eaten by other pigs a lot? Like, you gotta put them down? No, but the cops would have put, put the pigs But, down. I mean, I mean, she's like, if it was one of my animals. Oh, I think she just meant, like, if one of her pigs was, like, in pain like that. Pigs. Disemboweled. That she from was. your pigs. Yeah, from it's your pigs. It's your pigs. <laughs> your murder pigs. Your murder pigs. Um, Title. <laughs> she let the pigs eat Robert, and then whatever was left, she put in garbage bags and buried them but an animal got into a bag and dragged the leg out to the pond and that's how they found the leg oh god <laughs> is that terrible that is awful like it's making me so uncomfortable even to read this. it's so dumb yeah it's really, it's so it's dumb yeah. also like that you know a leg that's prime meat why would your pigs not eat that your story doesn't check out lady well i'm not sure if that's true like when i think about animal <laughs> you know when i'm sitting around thinking about animals killing people it is mostly like the soft stuff they go through, like stomachs and, yeah, but your and legs, organs and stuff. Your legs have. What if he was uh, really fit and there was I don't just know. muscle? Think when you eat an animal, how often are you eating the leg? It's delicious. It is pretty good. Drumsticks. Oh, this poor man. Oh, Mr. Heaney. So when she's giving this story, they've already identified that it has been sawed off. No, that actually comes up later, but I actually okay. have not said at this point that it was sawed All off right. at any point. Yeah. Well, I would think that if it's mid-femur. Mid-femur. So, but the idea, I think, was that the pigs had eaten to that point and then been like, I'm so full, and then she got rid of it. I should have had that last bite of femur. Yeah. So when detectives asked what else they might find on her property, she drew a map with an X and said, that's where Steve was. (gasps) Who the fuck is Steve? Funny you should ask. Is it a pig? (laughs) No. He was my favorite pig. Shut up. <laughs> Steven, uh, and I believe his last name is, spelled, is pronounced Delicino. Delicino was a handyman the year before Robert showed up. Yeah. During you never get a job off of Craigslist. Everybody's a murderer. Everybody's a also murderer. don't hire masseuses off Craigslist. <laughs> During Steve's time, Susan said two guns went missing, and when she confronted him, they wrestled, fought. He chased her to the barn, and she shot him in self defense. And then she fed him to her pigs. If the guns are missing, how are you shooting people? 
Oh, she got a lot of guns. She got a lot of guns. She got a lot of guns. Where does this take place? Her farm. Where, yeah, but state? <laughs> Do you know what state? Because Florida. It sounds like Florida. No, hang on. I can tell. I, I think it sounds like Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. It's, all I can think of is the county name, which was like something like Jefferson County. You Oregon. might have. Wilmer, Oregon. Oh. oh, okay. We were way off. Weimer. Weimer, Oregon. Weimer, Oregon. Yeah. There's crazies all over the place. All over the place. Now, much like the story of Robert, her story on Stephen changed quite a few times, too. She variously claimed that Delacino shot himself repeatedly in the head at one point. Yeah. And As she, you do. And she also said that she shot him in self-defense, that he was, like, coming on to her and stuff like that. And so she, she, yeah. When a producer for Snapped, that a wonderful true crime show on Oxygen.com, <laughs> asked her if there were any others, any other bodies, she said... That if she told me, this is what the producer said, that if she told me about the 17 others, that she would spend the rest of her life in jail. So she's claiming that there actually are 17 other people buried on her property. Is this chick like Bella Gunness reincarnated? She's pretty dangerous, it seems like. Right? So in 2014, when the story started, how old is she? What was her name again? Susan Monica. She is... Ugh, I didn't do ages for this one. She was... She's now 72. So 2014, she was in her 60s. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to get, like, is this, like, a woman in her 30s having no. been out? But this is an older woman. <clears throat> she has been around a bit. So she's had time. Yeah. So, in 2014, after her arrest, detectives dug over 100 holes and found lots of personal effects, but no bodies. Including a large pile of shoes, which I thought was a oh weird. Oh my god, that that's weird, so creepy. Is that a weird, like, part of it? Plus, like, so does that mean either she killed a bunch of people and then buried all of their shoes at once, or does she kill someone, dig up her shoe hoard, and add to it and rebury <laughs> it every time? I think she killed a bunch of people, kept all the shoes, and was like, what am I going to do with all these shoes? And then buried them. But also, 100 holes on 20 acres is not that much. No. That's a lot of property to go through. That's why I think the story is still kind of popping up in my newsfeed, because I think there might be, like, they might still be investigating the area. Also, if she is, like, her, how she disposes of bodies is to feed them to the pigs, there's not going to be much to be found. Correct. Like, there wasn't much of Robert's that they found other than the leg. Like, that was the biggest piece. So, the pigs were euthanized once she was arrested. Oh, so she was right. (laughs) All right. Those pigs were probably, like, living Uh, in horror. Like, the things I've seen. Oh, my God. What what she's fed to us. So, while in jail and during her trial, she showed erratic behavior. If you could call killing pigs or feeding people to pigs normal behavior, now she's getting weird. (laughs) All right. Oh, now. At her trial in April 2015, her former cellmate, Jordan Ferris, at the Jackson County Jail testified that Monica gave her a birthday card signed, the sweetest murderer in Jackson County. She may not be wrong. Yeah. She's just a little lady. Yeah. Ferris also said she got the truth about Robert's death, that Robert had come on to Susan and she had pushed him into the pig pen and later shot him. So that would be an admission of definite murder. That wasn't a mercy killing. That would be, I've pushed him into a pig pen, let my pigs eat him, and then been like, oh, I'm tired then of this. Put about it. Yeah. Defense attorney, her defense attorney said, quote, just because Susan Monica is different and strange and weird doesn't make her a murderer. And I think that's the best defense I've ever 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Can you, I mean, like, because it's true, people who are different, strange, and weird sometimes get put on trial because they are different, strange, and weird. That is true. But I think Susan Monica's a murderer, in my own personal opinion. So, their defense strategy was that you really couldn't tell if Robert was alive when they sh- when she shot him. How did they know that she, he was actually shot? She, well, she confessed to it. Well, true, but they, if they only found the leg... Well, that's not the only thing they found. They found other remains. She had buried ba- garbage bags of what was left of the... Okay, so maybe so, the like, skull was left or something like that. Okay, so they, they do have some kind of proof that he was shot. Right. And during the trial, when they played her confession tapes for the jury, Susan broke down. She had a, like a physical breakdown. She was crying. She was losing it. And she said she, can't, she couldn't listen to it and had to leave the courtroom. So she did have to like... If you want to see that as a sign of remorse... That was what happened. Maybe she just felt really embarrassed because she lied so poorly. Maybe. Um, but she also said, quote, I do not value human life very much. My feeling is the only thing wrong with the planet is there's people on it. If not for us, all the other animals, even dodo birds, would be here. Well, I mean, she may have a point there, but you don't go around killing people. Right. And that's the whole thing is that if her value of human life was so low, that makes sense that she doesn't care about killing people. Which... In particular, I left that quote in because it affects our scale conversation. True, true. So, and then this last little bit, I, I just wanted, I did a direct quote from the article, so it's a bit long, just because what happens is just bizarre. So the during the, the trial, Susan kept saying that, <laughs> which one, Robert killed himself by, him. he shot himself in the head repeatedly. Yes. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry, Stephen. Stephen, yeah. Yes. In the head. As the judge addressed the jury before deliberations Tuesday, the newspaper reported that Monica stood up, raised her hand, and began asking for a chance to give jurors one more demonstration on how she claimed she shot Delicino. Because she said that she shot him in self-defense, but there are two bullet holes in the back of his head that could not be done in any other way than him lying on the ground and her shooting him on, into the floor, basically. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'd like to demonstrate how I shot him for 10 seconds, <laughs> Monica said. But Judge Barnack n- initially ignored her because at this point, like, the jury is about to go out for deliberations. You know, I mean, she's like, she's just being crazy. And then Monica put her hands in the air as she did in her earlier testimony from the stand and then said, I held the gun like this. And at that, the judge ordered her back to jail and the sheriff, sheriff's deputies took her away. So, like, to the end, she was just kind of making a spectacle of herself to, to get their attention and to prove some kind of ludicrous story and that is a very interesting like i'm gonna show you how i shot him to prove that i'm innocent and it's like lady if you're at that point Mm -hmm. then so in april 2015 she was sentenced to 50 years in prison guilty on all counts jurors only deliberated for an hour Hmm. yeah Um, i'm sure that wasn't much deliberation either i'm sure it was mm -hmm. just a reviewing of evidence. Yeah, basically like looking at all three counts and yeah. like, should she get all three of them or just want you know that kind of thing? Or it's like, let's talk about how batshit crazy this lady is. You know, let's get a free lunch out of this. Yeah. No, it's, it's horrifying. It's horrifying. The idea of being fed to pigs is just... Plus, like, it draws so many parallels to, like, our horror movie. You know, like, I oh, mean, it's yeah. straight up Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hoarder House, like, grossness, and, like, Well, and there's a a really famous um, uh, true crime that people like to cover in a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. You've you've probably heard of this one, about the married couple who would pick up, this is, like, the, I want to say it's, like, the 70s and 80s, and they would pick up um, migrant workers and take them back to the farm, make them work for, like, a week or two, and then kill them. And, like, the reason they found out that the, and we're talking, like, 
70-year-olds, like the the couple. And the reason they, or how they found out that they had killed all these people was that the wife took diligent lists and she would write down the man's name and check off when they had been killed, you know, and all this stuff like that. And it's just, it's insane. She was very organized. Yeah, it was, that story is insane. We might have to do that one at some point. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the story of Susan Monica. So here's, okay, here's a question. I don't think you touched on it. Do they think he was shot before she fed him to the pigs? Or did she push him into the pig pen, let him go at it for a minute, and then shoot him? Right. I honestly don't have that information. I think she shot both of them and then fed them to her pigs. Okay. Yeah. I would like to think, and admittedly, I'm assuming these gentlemen were a little older, but if someone pushed me into a pig pen, I would get up. Right. I mean, you hear, well, you hear about how, like, pigs are, like, it's actually pretty dangerous to fall into a pig pen and stuff like that. But I agree, like, I think they'd put quite a bit of a fight into, like, they were older gentlemen. They both were handymen. They both were, you know, used to working on her farm. You know, that kind of thing. I remember watching The Wizard of Oz, Mm. and at the beginning, you know, Dorothy falls into the pig pen, and then everybody goes apeshit over it. Right. And to get her out. And I never understood, well, what's the big deal? Just get out of the pig pen. (laughs) Yeah. Until... Our dad's like, no, they would have eaten her. So I think I think she shot them and then gave them to her pigs. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't know, like, if a live person fell into a pig pen, if, like, a, a man, right. right, a full-size man, if the pigs would be like, uh, well, I'm going to eat him immediately. Or, right. if he's, or if they're like, what the fuck is this guy doing in here? Right. And even with... You know, Dorothy falling into the pig pen. I don't think they go for humans. I mean, it's not like they're wolves. You know what I mean? But if you're there, they're going to eat you. Or if and they're so that's starved. Why, right. So that's why I think it's more likely that it was her way of disposing of the bodies. Plus, at this point, these pigs might have eaten 16 other people. I know. And they're like, ooh, lunch again. That's the thing. Like, I'm kind of keeping an eye on the story just in case they do find more people. That would be horrifying. But... But, I mean, good, because... And it's, there are people already, not you know, they're already dead, right? Yeah. And, and all that. So if they are able to find them and identify them, mm-hmm. that's closure to somebody's family. Because it's such a weird statement. It's not like, well, you'll find a ton of bodies on my property, or you'll find, you know, five or something like that. She says seventeen. That's such a weird, very specific. Yeah. All right. Shall we discuss where we would find Susan on the scale? Let's. Okay, and the scale we're discussing is Dr. Michael Stone's Scale of Evil, where he has ranked, quote-unquote, evil acts, evil people, from categories 1 to 22. 1 being... Justifiable homicide. And 22 being... Psychopathic torture murderers with torture as their primary motive. The motive need not always be sexual. Okay, so I actually have two spots on the scale that I think she'd fall into. And there are two that we don't have anyone for yet, so I thought that was interesting. But I was looking at six impetuous, hot-headed murderers without psychopathic traits. Mm. And then ten killers of people in the way, including witnesses, extreme egocentricity. So let me just tell you why I picked those two. I picked six, the impetuous, hot-headed, because we don't actually know the circumstances of how and why Robert and Stephen died. Did it happen during a fight? Did it happen because, you know, they maybe one of them or both of them were coming onto her and she took him out? You know, something like that. We don't know the circumstances. So it could have been a hot-headed, impulsive move. Also, I don't think she's, I don't, and this is, again, armchair psychology. I don't think she qualifies for psychopathic traits just because of the way she 
handles herself, the way she disposed of the bodies, the way it took, it seems to take a little more forethought. It seems to take, it, it feels more sociopathic. She's just like, these, these people don't matter. So I'm just going to get rid of them. I don't see it as psychopathic, but again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just making assumptions. And then I like 10 for it because she does have a sense of egocentricity. Like there is, there is an obvious, she cares about herself and that's about it. And she killed people who were in the way of something. Like maybe they wanted to leave. Maybe they didn't want to do work she wanted them to do. They weren't witnesses, which I know he puts that down as a qualifier. But I, I do think that you could argue that it was just people that she had no more time for. She didn't want to deal with them anymore. And maybe they knew something that she didn't want them to know. Yeah, I mean, it could be one of those things where she had a handyman for so much time until he found evidence of the other handyman men that have been on the farm and yeah. then she's like well now you're done or she had no intention of paying them yeah could have been and something like that could have been something like that so they were just in the way yeah i'm gonna say first i don't think they're just in the way there's things like her using their ebt cards that's taking advantage of a situation like that's not just like oh i killed this person that was in the way and i'm disposing i think you're arguing the semantics of in the way though i think i think you can still say that they're in the way of her using that ebt card she (laughs) wants no seriously that she wanted their money okay you know what i mean i think that's i think that's still justifiable i have a hard time saying that someone who pushes men into pig pens watches them get eaten alive and then shoots them and then buries their bodies is not psychopathic really (laughs) why only i mean i guess that would argue what is psychopathy right and i get i i kind of agree on the sociopathic kind of thing where you just generally you you have no value for human life which is clearly like her thing she's like i like animals people can die yeah pretty much but i just i wonder was she bringing handymen to her farm to do handymen things? Or was she bringing handymen to her farm to kill them? No, I think they were there for handyman things to begin with. Because they, 17. Sure. It, allegedly. All right. But let's these two cases in particular. Right. Robert w- worked for her for six months before he went missing. And not just from her saying that. Jesse had contact. His son had contact with him just right. until the end of that year. So he worked there and he never complained. He never said Susan was crazy pants. He just, he did his job. So I think she does go in with the attention of hiring a handyman. But then like you said, Joe, they find something or they get into a fight or something happens and she's just like, well, I don't want to deal with this anymore. You're in the way. And so she takes them out. I would also have a problem with the hot-headed or... What impetuous. Was the impetuous impetuous hot-headed, yeah. Because she's done it before. Right. And I could say, okay, there are two, you could say the two that we know of are individual events. Maybe they were brought on by the same kind of thing, or maybe it was a different argument or something like that. However, she did it before and she knew how to take care of it. Mm -hmm. And if you go into that confession, if she had done it more than those two times, then of course that's going to be like, well, you have a plan now. Yeah. And it's not hot-headed. It's not impetuous. You you know exactly what you're going to do if anybody pisses you off in any kind of way. Because right. you, got, you got away with you it. You got away with it before, so. Yeah. So that would bump us away from the six to the ten killers of people in the way, including witnesses, extreme egocentricity. I think that's a, I think that's a viable. I see that more in her than 
Yeah. Then six. So right after 10 is 11, uh, which is fully psychopathic killers of people in the way. Yeah. So, okay. So that's, a, uh, and that's one of the reasons I didn't bring that one up because in my own mind, I didn't see her as psychopathic. If you want to make that argument, we'd have to start now discussing what is psychopathy. What makes her psychopathic? I, I wouldn't say that because there's no, there's no, the defense lawyer didn't say, well, I'm going to get a psychologist in here to diagnosed you and without a diagnosis i don't think any one of us that's true has nope. any kind of credential go well she especially from our stories say right. well I mean, she's full-on psychopathic and one of the areas of the story i didn't really go into was her past you may have wondered like because we usually do bring up childhood and if there were any red flags before this everything like that most of her past is when you look up articles about students of monica is based solely on the fact that she is a transgender woman. Oh. So... Oh, that's unfair. It is very unfair. So I actually could not find much about her childhood or stuff like that because nobody wants to talk about that. They just want to talk about the fact that she was born Steve Buchanan and became Susan Monica later on in life. Yeah. But I will say that maybe because the case is so early, like there might be more discussion of that, more research into who she was as a child later on. But... Nothing was obviously so scandalous that it made the papers now. You know what I mean? So I think she had, for the most part, a pretty normal upbringing. I believe she was in the Navy at one point as when she was still Steve Buchanan and all that. And then when she discovered she was Susan Monica, she went and got this farm and she just kind of lived on her own. Like, as far as I know, she had never been married. She never had children. She never had any of that stuff either. So, again, she doesn't have that history, as far as we could tell, of a psychotic childhood or anything like that true but it does put a light on the fact that if she was transgender all of her life and you know as we kind of are beginning to understand with people who are transgender they tend to discover it at least within themselves pretty young in life and so if she had to live a whole life as something that she knew she wasn't sure feel it i would that might wear on your brain for a while it would, it would, but I, I hesitant to say that that would lead someone to murder people and put them in pig pens. <laughs> you know, I don't think we should really people go down. People have used less excuses. I, <laughs> I don't think we should go down that route in this current day and age. Right. But I mean, no, it, for real, the stress associated with gender dysphoria and all of that, like is a real thing. But no, I'm not going to say, like, that leads to killing. Yes. Handyman no, no absolutely right? not. Yeah. Right, which is why I kind of left it almost as a footnote to this whole right. story. We are talking about Susan Monica as Susan Monica. Yes. So. It is, I mean, it is It is all very interesting. I th- so I do think a couple things we can do is, so after 11, which is fully psychopathic, you get into, like, power-hungry, cold-blooded, plotters, sadistic, and, right. like, and so I think we can rule yeah. all of that stuff out. So probably our cap would be 10, maybe 11 if we thought she was fully psychopathic. We skipped right over 7 and 8, which is for people with little or no psychopathic traits. But that was highly narcissistic and smoldering rage. Right. So probably neither of those. Not in the way, like, her, even her confession tapes, from what I could read, were very, it's not, she doesn't even say in there, like, he infuriated me or anything like like the, the, he like she did say she had a fight with Steven over the guns and like he chased right. her into the bar. but I think that was more to build up a self-defense strategy rather than to actually say they got into a fight right. I don't think they actually got into a fight right. like that 
So yeah, the the biggest distinction then is that a category six, you are still in the impulsive murders and persons without psychopathic features section versus 10, which is murders show malice of forethought. Wait, that's 10? The section of 9 to 14 oh. is psychopathic features are marked, murders show malice of forethought. Well, I mean, she does have some forethought. She knows what exactly what she's going to do with them when she's done. Right. So there's that. But I think, I think really we are just kind of on that fence of 10 and 11 on whether she's psychopathic or not. So I would say 10 definitely because if for a de- defense attorney, especially in today's day and age, getting a diagnosis from a psychiatrist or or a doctor of any kind would only help their case. Right. And if they didn't get that, or if they tried and they were denied, then obviously she does not have that psychosis. Well, okay, so the the just little definition of psychosis is a severe mental disorder in which thought and emotions are so impaired that contact is lost with external reality. And I don't think that was the case with her. She knew what she was going to do with the body. She knew what, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think you're right. It is closer to sociopath right. than psychopath, yeah. where there's just no regard for human life. Yeah. So, well, all right. I'm okay with 10. I think we have settled on the 10. All right. Put her on the board. So we haven't discussed the cocktail yet. Yes. So what are we doing here? So let me just say real quick, and the reason why I didn't say the title and everything of it at the beginning the cocktail is mostly ice cream, strawberries, strawberry syrup, and tequila. So it's, it's like a strawberry milkshake with tequila. But it's called, and this is an extremely poor taste, it's called a pig-teeny. <laughs> a pig-teeny? <laughs> and that's so terrible. But okay. I think it was too good. Now I wish you had garnished it with a little um, orange, like, swirly. Oh, like a little, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's why I was looking up, like, I was originally looking up drinks with, like, bacon and stuff like that. But a lot of the bacon cocktails are pretty complicated. They're all hipster, old-fashioned stuff. Yeah, but this Probably is a... I don't want to drink bacon. Ugh, yeah. Well, this is a pig-teeny. Okay. Enjoy. Pig-teeny. All right. My so. condolences to the Haney and Delacino families. <laughs> all right. So let's move on to yes. our second story. Our second story, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, is an unsolved murder or crime. So we will not have a killer to put on the scale for this one. For this second story, I'm going to have to take us back two weeks. Two weeks? Two weeks. To the Jennifer Fairgate story. Oh, okay. Okay. That was the woman who died under mysterious circumstances in Oslo. In the hotel. In the hotel, right? When... You found something? (laughs) Not not really. Uh, Is this an update episode? Oh. Um, So when you look up Jennifer Fairgate's story... There is a picture that we saw, and it's of a woman with short hair. She's wearing overalls and a shirt. And we all and were you like, asked, how did they get this picture? How did picture? they get that picture? Right? Right. So I found out that that's not Jennifer Fairgate. It's another woman who had gone missing. Oh. Under similar circumstances? No. Okay. Completely different woman. I wonder where she popped up. Because she looks like Jennifer Fairgate. Oh, okay. And people desperately want to connect the two, but it, they, they aren't connected whatsoever. So right now, if you're looking up Jennifer Fairgate and you see a picture of a girl in overalls and a t-shirt, it's not the same person. Mm. Okay? Because that was the big emphasis of that story is she was essentially a completely unidentified woman. Right. And the name, that was just the name she used to check in, but there right. was no like ID or 
proof to associate her or right. any record of her past kind of thing. So Yeah, and then for some reason these candid photos of this woman who looks a lot like the woman who was Jennifer Fairgate yes. starts popping up, but it's not her. Okay. So, so is this story that woman? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is the mysterious vanishing of Camilla Steina. Steina. Yes. I believe I'm pronouncing that right, but it is Danish. So, Camilla Steina was born in Denmark on August 16th, 1961, to mother Kirsten and to father Bernard. Bernard was an extremely popular cartoonist who worked on the very first Danish feature film in 1943 through 1945, followed up by work on other films and ultimately establishing his own studio, Steina Film. So, kind of a bigwig. I don't have any clue what her mom did. Probably a housewife. Maybe. Because when did you say this is in the... Well, okay. She her was, childhood was in the 60s, She 70s? was born in the 60s, yeah. yes. Kirsten, the mother, died in 1980 when Camilla was 19. Mm. This led to a series of moves and a second marriage for Bernard. Nothing weird or anything like that, but your life is upended anyway, right? right. Camilla was described as an attractive and fiercely intelligent woman. In her 20s, she became involved in alternative lifestyles, mainly the hardcore punk scene of Denmark. Love it. Mm -hmm. The drummer of the band Sods, (laughs) Tomas Ortved, Ortved, O-R-T-V-E-D. Ortved. 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 Let's just say it for the next half hour. (laughs) Described her as a legendary face on the punk scene. She seemed to immerse herself in the lifestyle in a way few did. The bassist of another band called No Knox, K-N-O-X, which I think is an amazing band name, by the way. No Knox. Per Bowl, that's his name, P-E-R-B-O-H-L, Per Bowl. <laughs> and one of Camilla's ex-boyfriends, so um, he was her boyfriend, has this to say about her. Quote, she was a strong woman and fucking violent. She was in control of her shit. She partied completely insanely, though, and the rest of us had to try to follow. Then she could just get up the next morning and continue again and go to work. Damn. She sounds terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking legend, right? Oh my god, for those Danish punks. Yep. Another ex-boyfriend of hers was Michael Struge Jensen. Struge? You're doing the best you can. Michael Jensen. A for effort. Michael Jensen. Who knows? (laughs) They dated in the winter of 1981 through 1982. He was a hugely influential poet in Denmark, winning a lot of awards, and he even dedicated a collection of poetry to Camilla titled Popsinge. So she seems like a like a Layla, you well, know what I mean? It's very interesting because she's in this punk scene where you, you know you would imagine is you know down and dirty, you know the gritty night bars and things like that. But then she dates this poet who is like of the upper crust mm. and of the art world in Denmark. But I mean, she finds herself in a bunch of artists' spheres. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Around 1983, Camilla's outlook changes. She moves away from punk and anarchy and toward new age. Mm. She involved herself with groups using psychoactive drugs and preaching the, quote, back to the earth movements. 
she becomes a vegan and starts talking about her want to forego all technology and just live off the land. Ooh, okay. I know. This is quite the, the switch, right? Mm. She also starts uh, wearing simple clothing, all made from sheet canvas, sleeping on hay, and cooking all of her food over open fires. But is she still fucking violent? <laughs> because that really would just be a good kicker for Well, I just imagine that she's killed that food she's, <laughs> she's cooking over yeah. open fires. At this time, she starts reading alternative religious writings. Oh, no. She, <laughs> she reads writings such as the unknown book of the Essenes, Lost Scrolls of the Essene Brotherhood, and the Teachings of the Elect, which is all one book, by the way. That's oh. one title. This is a book about Jesus Christ that is allegedly written by the Essenes, a Jewish Samaritan sect who have also been suggested by scholars to be the authors of the Dead Sea Scrolls. I've never heard of them. I'm not sure if I believe that. I don't think it's one author for all of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Well, it, didn't you say it was like the Essenes brothers? Like it was like a clan? It was a brotherhood, right. Yeah. yeah. So, it, so if they're the authors of the Dead Sea Scrolls, it could be several men within that brotherhood. Yeah, but I thought it was just a collection of older writings that... I don't know. What do I... I'm not a I scholar. Don't I don't, I've never read the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> I that. But wouldn't it be amazing if you saw them? I'd yeah. love to see them. I would love to see them. <laughs> okay, anyway. Where are they? Museum? Well, I should hope so. But like where? <laughs> where in the world? In a museum. <laughs> uh, we do a lot of Indiana Jones quotes. <laughs> we've done them twice. <laughs> All right. In these writings, there is a lot of talk about returning to the earth and that the thou shalt not kill was meant for all living creatures. So being a vegan was actually a religious call of duty. It also said that there is a need for fasting and the giving up of material objects. However, one strange thing, while she's going through this whole change, and right before her disappearance, she spent quite a bit of money on dental procedures. About $2,000. For what? It's never specified, but she didn't finish. She had like one more procedure or one more appointment, and she never went well she was a punk prior to this and they don't believe in dentists so she just didn't go to the dentist when she <laughs> maybe she got in a lot of fights oh that might have been it. a lot of repair work that's true and so this would have been i think you were saying 83 ish yes 83 because i mean right now if you were to go get some dental work done two thousand dollars is not a lot mm, that's true like that's well in denmark <laughs> Well, true, so. Yeah, so that means she is doing mostly cosmetic stuff because it would have been Universal Healthcare would have covered everything that was needed. Did they have it back then? It's actually 1987 I at this point. I think it's been around for, I mean, again, what is my knowledge of Danish yeah. legislative policy? I can't speak to that. But, but let's say it is covered by Universal Healthcare. If she's doing 2000 for just cosmetic, maybe it is fights, like just broken teeth from getting in fights or wisdom teeth removal because she's at that age where that happens. And they did say she took psycho uh, psychoactive drugs, so I know meth messes up your teeth. I don't think meth is psychoactive. No, but I mean, like, I would think that other drugs might nah. mess up your teeth. Just meth. Just meth. Just meth. Everything else. Everything it whitens else. even. Yeah. Everything else is really <laughs> good for your teeth. Everyone has a little, a little LSD on your gums. Keep your teeth so white. <laughs> that's, why, that's why cocaine, you rub it right in there. <laughs> I use it for toothpaste. I'm sure they used to put it in toothpaste. Cocaine? Yeah. No. No, I bet. 
No, they I put bet cocaine you in like Coke and stuff like that. But I bet they put cocaine in everything. Heroin, they put in everything. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, you have those guys come to town with their wagons, mm-hmm. with their their cure all, and it's just a bottle of cocaine. Just a bottle of cocaine. And did it cure all? It did. <laughs> Until you died. Until you died. But with but all your teeth. All but your they teeth. look great, and they were gone by then, so who cares? Okay. In 1987, Camilla's father dies. At close to the same time, Camilla's sister reports her missing. Her last known plans were that she was going to travel from Zealand to Jetland, or Yetland, I don't know, Jetland, and live on an organic farm. But no one seems to have been able to find her after or even during this trip. Okay. And I also learned that there's a place called Zealand. Right. I was, I was just thinking, I'm like, I suppose a New Zealand does imply that there had been a Zealand. Right. And uh, but I had never thought about that. Right. So. As Americans, you don't, right? There's a Jersey. There's a York. There's a York. And a York. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's. We tack new one to everything. Mm-hmm. There's a Mexico. <laughs> You're right. That's a funny joke. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Due to a misunderstanding, Camilla's sister was under the impression that police were investigating. However, they didn't. Mm. Oh. She was an adult. And there was no sign of anything that would suggest that anything bad happened to her. So there was no legal grounds to investigate. And they consider it a breach of privacy to go and investigate if an adult wants to just go away. They, they're allowed. That's really tricky when adults go missing. Because that's true. Like, like Because there are people who are just like, I don't want to be around my family anymore. I don't want to be part of this life. And they just go. And if that's their decision, that's their decision. But like... I don't know. Like, if I walked into a police station and I told them you were missing, mm-hmm. either of you, I'd be like, you bet, you have to find them. And I, you would hope that the relationship you can prove. Well, it's also one of those things where it's like, if you walked away from your life, okay, fine. Don't tell me where she is. Just tell me that she's alive. Mm-hmm. Good point. Or that she's found. That's the one thing that, for me, it would be hard. It's like... If my 18-year-old kid just goes away, they're allowed to. But as a mother, I'm like, just tell me that they're not dead. Yeah. That someone has eyes on them. But they're adults, mm-hmm. and you're allowed to. Maybe they don't want you to know that. Anyway, but here's another thing. It wasn't until 2010 that the police received a second report that she was missing. So her family first said that she was missing, and then they never followed up on it? Exactly. Which was 87, you said? 87. To 2010. To 2010. And that was because it was discovered she never claimed any of the money from her father's inheritance. So she obviously wasn't very close to her family to begin with. I guess not. If you report someone missing, I'm not going to be like, well, I'm sure they're investigating. Yeah. But then again, I don't know what the family dynamic is. Right. The police will not reopen a case unless there is new evidence, and that evidence must point to the fact that something amiss actually happened. So they won't open reopen the case. The biggest theory in her disappearance is that the farm she was going to stay at was actually a place, I don't want to try to pronounce it, it's T-H-Y-L-E-J-R-E-N. Thylerin? Thylerin? Sure. Okay. Thylerin. Correct us if you want. 
Please all, do. All of oh my goodness. If we have Danish listen- listeners, <laughs> I would love uh, someone to... A piece to- of that Danish. <laughs> uh, now I have to think about how to pronounce this again. Thylinger. No, no. There's no G. <laughs> sure. Thi- <laughs> it's written down. Thylinger. Thylinger. No. Thylin- no. Thylerin. 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 It's like we're in Middle Earth or something. Spell it again. T-H-Y-L-E-J-R-E-N. Anyway, this place is a commune of sorts for artists, hippies, new age practitioners, activists, environmentalists, and people who just want to live off the grid. There have been several claims by people at this place that they have seen or even interacted with Camilla there. Oh, okay. Well, then there you go. It's just fine. A television crew even went as far as to film an investigative series into these claims. And though there is some evidence through videos and photos that she may have been there, no hard evidence can be presented that she lives there. Mm. Some viewers of the series suggested that one resident named Hani um, or Hana was Camilla living under a different name, but no one can prove it. With her dental record and family DNA on record, it is a low chance that she is dead and unidentified. And so, unless something sinister and still unknown happened to Camilla, it is most probable that she is alive somewhere, but nobody knows where. Okay. Hmm. Well, I like to think that she is alive just so that we can have an unsolved story Without with a happy, death. with a happy ending. I think she's alive. I think she's living. I think the she's alive too. Yeah, no, I don't she, think she wants her dad's money, and she's just like, I'm done with all that. She had an epiphany. She's like, I don't need these material things. I don't kill animals. Yeah, she's probably got a couple babies now. She's just doing her thing. Yeah, and she probably did change her name. She probably felt like you know it's a, a shackle of the previous society that she lived in, and and now she's something else. Yeah, like Moonbeam. <laughs> How do you say that in Danish, though? <laughs> but, yeah, I'm with Clinton. It's kind of nice to end on what I I think we're assuming is a fairly happy ending. That yeah. She's, because they're right. Like, if she was dead, they would have found her, her remains and mm-hmm. been able to tell from her dental record. So, she's probably just a little there. I do wonder, though, if it was kind of like... So, as she's going through she be a this epiphany, uh, she starts getting dental work just because she needed something or something. We don't know what. But then she's like, no, this is... I don't need that That's either. That's too much of a material thing. I'm not gonna. I think it's one it. of those. Like she knew that she, she found was... coke, and she knew how well it would work on her <laughs> teeth. But she's like, I don't need anything else. <laughs> I, I I tend to feel like it was. She knew that she's gonna leave it all behind. But if you can't eat, yeah, right, then you're not gonna last very long, right? So her last, you know. Hurrah. <laughs> or like her, her last interaction with the society she's about to leave was to get her fixed up so that she could live by herself and on her own. I'm surprised, though, that if people say they saw her, they, they knew someone of her, like, they couldn't, this TV crew and stuff like that couldn't find any... Well, ad. someone also said that she was in a... Um, monastery in germany and mm-hmm. everyone's like you're full of shit mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so i mean there are so many times where people are like oh yeah i've seen her and they just want publicity or they want attention or they're off the rocker right. you know plus i mean 
between 87 and 2010, like, yeah, you're going to look. Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Especially so, if you're like, if you went from. Like hardcore punk. punk you know, <laughs> short hair, makeup, um, factory made clothes and stuff like that to cut your own hair and you never wear makeup and you're wearing what's canvas rough stone clothes. Mm-hmm. And obviously there is something going on with her and her family. Like like you said, we, we wouldn't file a missing persons report and then just let it sit. Right. Like, uh, who was looking for her in 2010? Was it her family? That was never... I didn't find that specified. So if the only person who was, who was looking for her was like probate, mm-hmm. looking for her to find... Like a lawyer was looking for her to find her for the money. We have mm-hmm. unclaimed then inheritance. it's very possible that her family like knows where she is. Like maybe her family did get in touch with her and they're like, oh, okay, she's live. She's doing her own thing. We're leaving her to her, her lifestyle. I mean, it's possible, but if that was the case, I would think that they would have said something. Although also... Unless, they, we, unless she asked them not to. When we say her family, at this point, it's, it's her, her sister. sister. Like, yeah. that's all we've got. Because mom and dad dead. Yeah. Stepmom. So, she had a stepmom. She had a right. stepmom. I, d- I didn't see any, like, mention of, like, a brother or anything right, like right. that. Or any other siblings. So, that's all I'm saying, though, is that if she told the sister, look, I'm doing this thing. Just leave me out of everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't mention me to anyone. And her sister's like, okay. And then she never did. Yeah, but then I mean, there's all this publicity about it. There's even a you know a TV film crew looking for her. I would think that you'd go to the police and say she's not missing, unless maybe they're getting leave her alone. money out of it or something. Eh, that doesn't seem to be the case. No, it's not like they said that they interviewed her family or anything like that. Right. Well, there you go. If they didn't interview the family. So the family's not taking part in it. It could just be TV people trying to make a sensation of something that doesn't exist. That's true. I don't know. But I like to think she's okay. I think she's out there. She's one of those people who actually walk the walk. Yeah. I couldn't have done it. No. Not all. I couldn't I, have done the punk lifestyle. No, I, I couldn't need, have done it either. I'm so weak. I need my cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All I, right. I did have a mohawk once. That's about as close as I yeah, get, which is close. not very... I, I had a mohawk. I have you, different colors in my hair. I like punk music. Oh, no. I loved that look when you did that. That was a great look, and I loved it. I want it back. Another episode of Murder Brunch in the bag. Yes. Let's do our sources. So, for the story on Susan Monica, I use Oxygen.com for their Snapped episode. And New York Daily News, the Mail Tribune, which is actually the newspaper of Susan Monica's county, like her area, and the Herald and News. And for the story of Camilla Steina, I used Medium.com, an article entitled Unsolved Mysteries, The Vanishing of Camilla Steina by Michael East and WebSleuths.com. Very good. If you are looking for us on any of our socials for information about upcoming episodes or for past information, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Murder Brunch, basically. Or you can email us at murderbrunchbunch at gmail.com. And our website is murderbrunchpodcast.com. So check us out there. And if you know how to pronounce these names that we've horribly butchered, please let us know. Yeah, that'd be great. But be nice about it. <laughs> or don't. We're very be mean. <laughs> it's always me that you're like, be mean. He's got a fetish. <laughs> He's got a fetish. Um, Yikes. But join us next time for... More mayhem. More murder. More snacks. Bye. Bye. Oh, we did it all together. Oh, harmony.